She is a media personality in the Boston market with a degree in bioanthropology from Cal Berkeley. She hosts Blunt Talk, a podcast on iHeartRadio and works full-time for WBZ News Radio as a writer. She is Britt Smith, and she is on In the Weeds with Jimmy Young next. Don't look now, but it's a whole new world of weed out there. Pot is flower, it's Bruce Banner and Blue Dream. You've got bongs and dabs, resin and shatter, vaping and edibles, new terms, new strains, and new ways to use cannabis sativa, the plant. Some just made with CBD, and hemp has minimal THC. There's sativa and indica strains, and 100 chemicals, all legal in 10 states for adult use. There's a lot to get to know. Get used to it, folks, because it's legal in the Bay State and it's not going away. Neither is In the Weeds with Jimmy Young next. Revolutionary Clinics is just one of 49 medical cannabis dispensaries in Massachusetts, but there's a reason why it's one of the most popular. It's their patient-first philosophy. All day long, they teach, they educate, they communicate about this complicated plant called Cannabis Sativa. That's true. Whether you visit their Cambridge location in Fresh Pond at 110 Fawcett Street or at 67 Broadway in Somerville. Revolutionary clinics where the patient comes from. Let's go to Washington, D.C., you know, the nation's ca- our nation's capital. I've heard of it. Uh, yes, I'm sure you have. <laughs> I got to go down for lobby days in May uh, with the NCIA and, and hung out and talked to some of the lobbyists. It was a fascinating experience for me. And they've done an amazing job of moving the needle forward. What I'm amazed at the most, I use amazing as a big word all the time, how many thousands of bills are involved with cannabis yeah. That have sprouted up. Oh, I like that. That's a good one. That's a good one. Sprouted <laughs> up. And, you know, little amendments here, there, and everywhere. And in the meantime, you're still dealing with a cash-only oh, industry. I know. Barney Frank, who was sitting in our booth at Nikans, why don't they just pass the safe banking bill? Let the banks get involved. If they decriminalize it on the federal level, that also takes a lot of pressure off the um uh, local banks who are afraid of the DOJ. And now the DOJ, of course, has come out and said, hey, we won't mess with you guys. Uh, if, you have, if you're in a legal state, they're saying that. That's what they say. That's what they say. I'd like to see it written into law. Yes, I, I wouldn't trust it unless it would be. See, that's that's one of my biggest problems in business. I need to get everything written, don't I? Yes. I can't just trust what I read online <laughs> no. and all that. No, 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 no. That's what they said. That's know? right. That's right. So, um, I, you know, I get... Politics. We talked a little bit about politics. I'm not a. I don't like politics. I think that uh, Who does? everybody has an agenda, a personal agenda, and they attach it to one bill. It, it, that the premises open the banking industry to a huge billion dollar industry in your own country. Yeah. The fact that they are still arguing about this and haven't got that passed, even though I believe they have something like 240. Um, representatives in the house saying yes we'll we'll we're going to vote yes on this they really want to get it to 300 so when it goes to the senate the senate can't stop it that's yes that is absolutely one big issue but i think that you're probably missing the fact that it's coming up to a 2020 election and they want a little bargaining chip and it will help a lot of people get elected if they can point to this bill that they say i'm backing this bill and they're not us versus them. Right. And it, it really acts as a, as, a, as a big piece of legislation that you can point to to say, I'm pro-cannabis. Right. And all the 
candidates uh, for president on the Democratic side. One has hedged a little bit. That would be Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. Um, But they all are pro-cannabis. They see the fact that this has been uh, the war on drugs failed. Yes. And there was a whole bunch of people, people of color, that have been victimized by this. And all of those candidates believe it's time to expunge those records mm-hmm. and, and move forward and give them a chance to rehabilitate. My goodness, prison reform. That's another issue. Yeah. You know? Anyway, I'm extremely that would be something. Um, <laughs> Social clubs and delivery. Two Ooh. places where the commission would like to see social equity applicants get involved. Mm-hmm. Let's talk with social clubs. I wrote a blog this past week. I won't say where I was. But I was at a social club, at an outdoor patio, at a restaurant somewhere in Massachusetts. I think I know where you were. Yeah, I know you do. (laughs) Read between the lines, but I'm not going to name the place because I don't want to get any – I don't want them Uh, getting written up We don't play favorites also. That's right. Point being, we're outside. There were – it was an adult-only patio, Mm -hmm. over 21 patio, and – we're passing joints and we're passing bowls. And, every, and oh, by the way, I'm ordering dinner. Oh, and by the way, the waiters and waitresses are saying, no, we can actually encourage you to have some fun and enjoy and hang out with us. Yeah. And I'm like, this is it. This is what the new normal is going to be like. Oh, by the way, there was somebody smoking a cigarette, too. You know, and have I don't you ever been to Amsterdam. Uh, no, I haven't. I read Dan Adams' accounts, though, and I, I know a lot read, of people who did. I read Dan Adams' account, yeah. and as a European, I want to push back a little bit. Go ahead. Go that, for it. You know, cannabis cafes, how they are set up in Amsterdam, are set up for a European population who enjoy things in that kind of setting. I don't think that the same cultural situation would apply in the U.S., and if he had lived between the two cultures, he would understand that probably the CEOs here and the the entrepreneurs in America are not going to set up things to look the same way as they do in Amsterdam. But the similarity will be that you will be allowed to go into somewhere safe, consume legal cannabis. Uh, Somebody will serve that to you. You'll pay taxes with it. Mm -hmm. And then they'll make sure that you leave safely, just like they do with alcohol bars. What a shock. You know, yeah. It, but the thing that Dan, I think, didn't like about Amsterdam was the the culture of sitting by yourself and in a very smoky bar. And it just seemed kind of like an isolated uh, situation. You know, he's, he, his report read very much like it was lonely people sitting in bars smoking by themselves. I would like to point out that in the U.S., not all dive bars are uh, are frequented by everybody and not every single bar looks like a dive bar. Similarly, in Amsterdam, not every single cannabis cafe looks like that kind of sad, shady looking mess. Right. And and the thing is, once the legalization has happened at the ballot box, people easily just kind of say you know what it's it's legal now it's okay how are we going to live with it you know the law enforcement people do not want to worry about people you know carrying a joint or two or under an ounce they just don't it 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 it, better things to do. they have much better things to do Mm -hmm. for sure um delivery for rec one of the biggest issues one of the biggest stumbling blocks are the body camps that they want the delivery people to wear isn't that pushing up against privacy a little bit? I believe so. Um, Commissioner Title also I effectively know believes so. Yeah. She, she's very much against the idea because the problem would be that your delivery guy would come to your door 
and record you inside your home, pretty much. I mean, they would have a view into your house. Yeah. Um, and that's a big privacy issue. Yep. I think that if they're checking IDs at a brick and mortar store before right. you get to take part in the which delivery is, option. Which is how the medical uh, medicinal community works. I have right. had my medicine delivered to my house yep. and I put in my order. They delivered the next day and and did you need to be watched by a camera to make sure that everything went okay well as you know i do love cameras <laughs> uh, but in that particular case i didn't yeah. care whether the camera there was no camera and it, it made and it was perfect it was a private transaction right. for medicine between an uh, a, a, a dispensary and a patient i'm just wondering what they think the camera will be looking for that needs to be watched over it it doesn't quite make sense to me that every single transaction of a legal delivery system needs to be watched. It would be like, have you ever tried Instacart where people come in or like Postmates, you know, they'll drop off your food to you, the groceries. Yeah. Those are legal agricultural products. You know, you're buying a, some apples and some lettuce or whatever. Yeah. Do you need somebody to watch that that goes okay and that they don't just, you know, beat you up on the spot and take all your money? No, no because you're you're assuming that the person deliver that you're delivering to wants the product. They've already paid for it online. Right. All you're doing is handing it over to them. I don't believe that needs to be watched. Right. And 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 after all, you can't even get into those dispensary websites unless you click you're over twenty one. Oh yeah. Hmm. They don't check IDs on the internet, do they? Yeah. Do you really think that every single person I know if I was a teenager, there is no freaking way that I wouldn't admit, no, I'm oh, oh no, I'm under twenty one. I'm not gonna I'm not shouldn't be here. Yeah, but going on the website isn't buying the product. I, it's the yeah. first step to seeing what's available, let's just say, sure. because that's the whole point but of the internet. You can also see adverts for beer on TV. Yes, you can. You know? Oh no, totally. You can see products, it doesn't mean you can get a hold of them. Correct. Absolutely not. And that's why they card you. That's why we have liquor stores and all that. And again, adult use products used responsibly mm -hmm. in moderation. It's okay. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> okay. You turn out like me. <laughs> anyway, um, CBD and the FDA. That's another thing on my list here. Yeah. Did they screw up the farm bill or what? Oh, man. <laughs> That thing is not like easy to figure out. Like it, it goes against federal law about the Controlled Substances Act. And so it's really one law in conflict with another law. And so there's this big gray area where we're still trying to figure out the nitty gritty of what we're really allowed to do with CBD. Nobody right. really knows yet. Right. Know? And, and, and I, I feel bad for the hemp farmers. I feel bad oh. for those who have been out there and have already you know, sunk a whole bunch into a field and yeah. you know, want a crop so that they can actually make money off their... That's farming, last time I checked, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, now the FDA is getting pressured by senators and by other congressmen. You guys, they have to give some guidelines. It, it's ridiculous what's but going what the on the fda says is they point to the dea and say well these guys this is the problem they're the hold up they have to agree with us and it's so many agencies have to agree on the same thing if this just changed at the controlled substances act right it would trickle down and, right. and we'd have kind of a clearer picture of cbd there have been a few movements towards getting it descheduled too um already some committees and the doj was involved with one of them recently mm. um but you know Putting it into a beverage and putting it into a food. And again, if you're only putting five milligrams of CBD in, I've talked to a lot of doctors, that's really not going to be that much of a difference. That's I just what I've heard, say. yeah. You know, the, I mean, I've heard as much as you got to have, let's just say more than five milligrams yeah, yeah. inserted into your food to have it to have any positive effect anyway. Mm -hmm. 
and the placebo effect is so powerful anyway. So why doesn't the FDA learn about this and understand that, gee, let's just limit it to 10 milligrams Mm -hmm. of CBD in any food or beverage product. We know that's a safe dose. Now they're like, oh, well, it hasn't been studied enough. Come on, people. It's a non-intoxicating additive to a food. Yeah. I'm not talking about the honorage effect. I'm not talking about THC and and how much you know CBD and THC working together and all that. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about straight CBD from industrial hemp, the farm bill mm-hmm. in December that was passed. I mean... It was. Uh, it's just amazing to me how they have screwed this thing up. Yeah, there, there's actually also some concern about whether they might have inadvertently legalized the THC that's found in hemp, but not THC in as a whole. Mm-hmm. And so only if it's sourced from this plant versus this plant. The truth is it's one plant, right. and it's just been kind of sectioned off into hemp or marijuana, you know, based on its usage and based on how much THC it has in it. And right. Uh, it, it's such a gray area right now. It's very difficult also to report on it because I find that I put out information and then the next day it it's changes. changed. Oh and I'm like, God. oh, I feel like That's, I did that you, wrong. You know? Right. No, no. But you don't have to. You're basing it on the information yeah. you have at that time. Yeah, we're all That's, in it together. That's right. And that and that is important, by the yeah. way. Um, last thing I want to talk about Boston and the lack of open dispensaries in the city of Boston. Oh boy. And here is the reason why I think that's going on. Now, granted, I understand there's quite a few applicants out there. They're all in line. They're in queue. They're trying to find the right spots around town to put them in. And, you know, sometimes 10 feet can make all the difference in the world. I think yeah. that was Everett and Saugus or something. Or Right. right. Um, Mayor Walsh, how much of a factor do you think he has had on the slowing of opening and it's a time now Ooh. again this is an opinion on i think it has yeah. let me I'll cut to the chase i'm certainly not afraid of spewing my opinion on my own show i think it has uh, an effect on it he was anti-question four he has a uh, background of substance abuse in his own family mm-hmm. if yeah. not him it I was him yeah, it yeah. was him mm-hmm. yeah i just want to say okay yeah. it was him I, uh, and he you know it's it's like anything else uh i I think with education, you know, and by the way, it, it, Mayor Ross's problem was not cannabis. It was alcohol, alcohol yes. right, yeah. which is a far more dangerous substance than cannabis, 114 times more toxic oh, wow. than cannabis. Oh, I get that one for you. I didn't you. know that one. I'm yeah. sending you that piece of paper. <laughs> That's a study you got to see. Yes, please do. Um, how much of an effect? I mean, it, it, look, Governor Baker wasn't for it either. Right. He, it's it's one of those necessary evil weeds that he's had to accept, right? <laughs> I think that probably Mayor Walsh has had more push behind the scenes than we're aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I speak to anybody on the commission or any other reporters that focus on cannabis, like at the Boston Globe, um, they don't have that much insight into whether or not he's really pulling strings. And I don't know that it's just one person that you can point at. But if your question is about how much pull has Marty Walsh had. Yeah. I think he's probably had a fair amount of pull in, in keeping cannabis at bay in Boston. Um, that being said, the one and only license that was considered for Boston was for the former sheriff of Suffolk County. Right, Andrea, Andrea Cabral. Cabral. Right. And so s- some people in my newsroom have been asking me, you know, why did she get the only license? And I'm like, you know, we only can make assumptions. Um, I'm right. really not sure what is going on behind the scenes. All I know is it is incredibly slow rollout, and it's really not helping the public have voted. That's right. Yeah. And it's politics 101 in Boston. Yes. <laughs> and 
it, you know, I grew up with it. I only lived in Boston for about five years in my life, and it, even that was fascinating unto itself. Um, Britt Smith, you, I could talk to you for hours, but we both have a game to get oh, to. Oh, yes. We All do, right? Yeah. Don't, and don't, I'm recording it, so don't tell me if you get any tweets or no. texts or anything like that. Um, I so appreciate you taking the time out, really a holiday week, really. I mean, everybody I know is not working, uh, for coming out here to Wellesley. And I look forward to uh, getting into your studio sometime yeah, in August, absolutely. I think, right? Yep, that's it. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no, it was great. Um, Britt Smith's been our guest here. Uh, her podcast is Blunt Talk. You can find it on iHeartRadio. You can actually hear her writings uh, through the mouths of the WBZ News Radio uh, reporters. And please send my regards to Carl Stevens. I will. And I'd love to chit-chat with him about this subject at some point. Yeah. Uh, for my director, Steve Helmuth, and for Joyce Gerber, our executive producer, and, of course, our guest, Britt Smith, I'm Jimmy Young. Thanks for watching In the Weeds. And remember, it's a whole new world of weed out there. Use it responsibly. Revolutionary Clinics is just one of 49 medical cannabis dispensaries in Massachusetts, but there's a reason why it's one of the most popular. It's their patient-first philosophy. All day long, they teach, they educate, they communicate about this complicated plant called Cannabis Sativa. That's true. Whether you visit their Cambridge location in Fresh Pond at 110 Fawcett Street or at 67 Broadway in Somerville. Revolutionary Clinics, where the patient comes first. This podcast is produced by the Pro Cannabis Media Group out of Boston, Massachusetts for the enjoyment and education of our audience. Any medical advice or opinions shared are not a reflection of the Pro Cannabis Media Management or any of the In the Weeds distributors, including CLNS Media and C-Suite Network.